crew. What's happening? We are in Moody May territory here today. Of course, I use that term lovingly. This is all about Dr. Brian May, queen guitarist and vocalist and quite the songwriter, as we are very quickly discovering as we go through his many compositions, contributions to the band. And today... I anticipate this to be a very interesting queen deep dive. Dive number 53 we're going on. Track number seven on Queen's fifth album, A Day at the Races, released at the end of 1976. And the reason I think this dive is going to have some serious tones, some interesting points of discussion here is because we're getting into some controversial territory. Brian is a very smart guy, and he's always been interested in social issues and people and the good of the world. And this goes way back. We see this in quite a few of his compositions, and this one is one of those compositions. This is White Man. And I gotta say, me, I really love this song. Whenever I listen to it, I love its heaviness. We're gonna talk about that extensively. I just love the attitude here. I love the delivery. Despite some of the controversy around this, especially given the content of the song, the messaging of the song, as a whole, as a musical number, this really appeals to me. And I'll dig into that a little bit more as we go through this. This is hard rock, baby. Very hard rock. One of the hardest things we ever get from the guys. 143 beats per minute. Time signature of 4-4. Four, four. Two keys, D minor, most predominantly, and C major. This was the B-side of the single, Somebody to Love, in both the UK and US editions. And I think that's interesting because we just talked about Somebody to Love in all the enthusiasm in the world. Love that song. Love it more than I always did previously. It's definitely a favorite. And I find it interesting that the guys chose this as the B-side. And it makes me wonder... Was that a mutual decision or was there some discussion that happened here? I suppose we'll never know. If I ever get the chance to ask Brian one of my many million questions, I would definitely ask him that. Let's dig into this dive. Let's talk about why it's so interesting and unique in Queen's catalog. This song, White Man, is all about the injustice and the lies of the white man committed against the native. Now, this is something that if you study anything about history, you know good and well. And if you watch any documentaries, a lot of modern films, modern shows depict this very accurately, that the native person was horribly mistreated by the white man. When the Europeans came and colonized, it was horrible, some of the things that happened with these people, their culture, their way of life. And more and more has come to light over the years. So this is a very heavy, heavy subject. This is one of those things that 
because it is so, it was so targeted against this one people, it's a very touchy subject to get into. And if you're going to talk about it or sing about it, you better know a thing or two about it. And I think with Brian, this man who has a fondness for the world, for science, for people, he likes to understand things. I would think that he thought long and hard about this as he was going through this number in its composition. This is an echo of Brian's previous very moody, deep track, The Prophet Song, which was, of course, his big thematic number on the previous album, A Night at the Opera. And just as serious is White Man. It captures the struggle and the loss of the native with respective nods to their culture echoed through both the instrumental and vocal arrangements and the performances. Heavy is the name of the game here. It's the boy's darkest thing yet with pentatonic scales employed on both vocals and guitar. Where Queen usually sprinkles hints of brightness, this is one of the things I love most about them, and especially Brian is known for silver linings, one of the things I love most about him. There are none to be seen or felt in White Man. The sounds and arrangement emphasize the seriousness of the message being sang. Deep bass, stomping guitar power chords, and plenty of scratching, gravelly vocal delivery from lead singer Freddie, as well as backing vocals from Brian. No shortage of pounding drums either, as Roger surprises and stuns with percussion that crashes and rolls out of seemingly nowhere. In what seems like a radical shift for a Brian number, there is no obvious guitar solo here. Rather, lots of layers of harmonies that delay and echo around each other. Not as much lyrical guitar playing. This is very stomping, heavy, overwhelming. The intensity of these layered sounds, along with the dramatic drums, create a soundscape that's impressive, loud, and I think appropriately aggressive. All of the sound here echoes the seriousness of what is being said and what is being delivered here. So I really appreciate the thoughtfulness behind that and the structure of this song. Performed 106 times exclusively in only 77 and 78. Brian has also performed this twice on his own in the late 90s. And as a live number, White Man was a focal point for Freddie's vocal solos on the A Day at the Races tour and served as both a vocal solo spot and a guitar solo spot on the 77-78 News of the World tour. One word, if I had to choose one word (laughs) that comes to mind when I think about the live performances, it's gong. That's all I'm going to say, really, or all I could say. It makes a statement. When the guys would play this, Roger would open with a very loud atmospheric gong in the intro. This has some absolutely massive power on stage. The whole song, not just the gong. (laughs) One of their best sounding live numbers, if I may say so, actually. The grit, the aggression on Brian's guitar, his delay harmonizing with himself, Freddie digging in, and Roger singing a little backing in the chorus with Freddie, 
Speaking of Raj, those drums, wow. He takes the arrangement to another level live, of course. Plenty of improvising on the riffs and rolls that variate from the album. But all the guys rock out with fire here, in sync, in unison, in aligned, assertive, aggressive perfection. This and Brian's The Prophets song were played live back to back with some vocal manipulations from Freddie in between. I love this number live. Freddie specifically mentions it's killer on the vocal nodules, but he pulled it out anyway, as we would expect. Every time I watch Brian play this live and I focus on him a lot in this number, he's just so dang poised and in control. He's not a flailing and dramatic guitarist. He's never out of control. He's so incredibly graceful and elegant. I love it. But you know what? I couldn't find a word said about this from the guys. I dug pretty deep on this. I always do. And this is one of those numbers where nothing has really been said. The only thing mentioned, and it's not even really about the song, it's about the balance of the sound. When Freddie was talking to Kenny Everett in 77, when he was on his show and Kenny was playing many numbers from races, Kenny mentions how loud <laughs> Freddie is in this song as the lead singer. I think that's what it was. And Freddie goes on to talk about the loudness and how their sound engineer, Mike Stone, worked so hard to achieve the goals the band desired with the loudness of the sound, the intensity, as well as those subtle, delicate dynamics on the softer end. See, that comment, though, it has nothing to do with this song. So it's unfortunate for me, <laughs> wanting to find something from the guys about the song specifically, that Freddie didn't dive into either performances of this song or its construction or something interesting like that. There's probably a quote out there from Brian somewhere in a video interview or something he said somewhere that mentions something about white man, but I could not find it. And so that's kind of a bummer. But I do have some other information here, of course. Variations of this song's distinctive hard rock guitar riffs are featured before the shepherd-like tone of the A Day at the Races album intro before the start of Tie Your Mother Down. Of course, that's another Brian May number. No backing vocals from Roger here either. If you listen closely, it's definitely obvious that his distinctive raspiness is absent. In fact, I hear Brian more than Freddie in those background vocals, but that is absolutely appropriate. This is very much a Brian number in feel, in composition. But let's talk about its composition some more. Let's talk about the words. Let's talk about the subject matter. Let's talk about this because a lot of people talk about it. This song definitely polarizes fans, probably more than any other Queen number so far. Despite Brian's intentions of thoughtfully, sympathetically standing with those who've suffered, some have criticized this song's aggressive messaging as sung from the perspective of the native, especially coming from songwriter Brian May. And actually, many people attack Freddie simply because he's the lead singer. This is outright offensive to some who feel Brian was out of line writing and performing this number. By and large, the music press saw Queen as this glam, silly, over-the-top hype 
banned. And songs like this one, with substance and a strong message, I think were sometimes unfairly attacked. And you contrast this with many other songs in the 70s with very deep and maybe even hidden controversial messaging that were celebrated. Hotel California, Imagine, American Pie. Those are just a few songs that have some pretty heavy and or twisted content that you're you're not fully aware of until you really dig into it. Now, yes, a lot of these songs have, there's urban legends around them, but I think there is some truth behind some of these theories and speculations. Now, all of that said, I want to go back to Mr. Dr. Brian May, whom I love so much, especially as a songwriter. I certainly think he never intended to offend anybody with this. And if I know anything about him at this point, he loves to stand with people when he wants to help them fight for something. And I'm sure that that's exactly what this is. He is not a stranger to making a statement in a song or expressing himself very openly, even if it does cause some kind of controversy. Son and Daughter is another song that's kind of like that. He challenges the status quo and the roles of men and women. And in this day and age, it might feel a little bit tone deaf, but you have to think about the context at the time as well. This is another song like that, that maybe at the time it didn't feel tone deaf, but it might now, right? There's there's a lot of se- sensitivity around these messages. And how do you stand up for a crowd a, a people that's not your people, but you want to help them fight and, and make someone or some ones, the people aware of what the challenges have been. We've seen a lot of this in the last couple of years, especially. A lot of this kind of stuff has come to light. And I'm all for, if someone genuinely cares, no matter what position in life they've come from or how they've grown up or or what color their skin is. I've always felt that we should be able to stand for each other and lock arms and make a statement. And I think that in Brian's own way, that's what he's trying to do here. That's just my opinion. And of course, everybody else is going to have their thoughts, their feelings around it. And I... I will fully admit, I do not, that I'm aware of at least, I do not have any native Indian in my my background. I don't have any Native American lineage in me. I am very much a European mutt (laughs) myself. I am very much, I have a little bit of, I I think, Scotch, Irish, English, French. That's my nose. Uh, On my mom's side, there's some Polish, Ukrainian, I think. So there's a lot of European happening in in my bloodline, but there's no Native American Indian. And, And so I am not a person to probably even be making the statements, if I'm being honest. But from a general human standpoint, I've always felt like It is okay if you're coming from a genuine place and you want to help a person or people, then I would welcome someone to stand with me if they were whoever they were, right? I would welcome that. So there's a lot of sensitivity around all this, but I appreciate where Brian is coming from here. And honestly, I appreciate the heaviness of this song in its sound. This is indisputably one of Queen's hardest rocking songs. And many people love this rough guitar here and the raw power of this, even if they find the subject matter questionable. Some comments and phrases 
and praise I found from various listeners. These are just a few. Quote, an often overlooked gem, white man freaking rocks. Always listen to it when I need to get pumped up. Unquote. Quote, top draw, best track, off day at the races. Unquote. Hey, wow, somebody really loves this. Quote, one of the most powerful Queen songs. Unquote. Yes. That is absolutely true, no matter how you feel about this. Quote, perfect drumming, Roger. Unquote. Another major yes. <laughs> perfect drumming. Could not emphasize that enough. And the last one I decided to pick out of the masses, quote, has to be Queen's most free-esque song, unquote. So true. So a lot of people love the vibe here. A lot of people love it, and a lot of people don't mind the messaging. But yes, it's a sensitive subject, and it's difficult to address it in a way that is respectful. I, I would hope that Brian did his homework. I'm sure he was very knowledgeable about this to begin with, but perhaps he even spoke to people. Perhaps he spoke to Native people and said, how do you feel about this? Brian is very inquisitive. He likes to talk to people about everything. And so I, I get the feeling that he would want to understand. And a lot of questions about that for him. I'd love to have a long conversation about the song and and have a lot of my wondering thoughts answered, maybe someday. But this song, you guys, the structure of it is pretty fantastic. Ooh, the overdrive, Brian, as this starts. The riff, it's on the right. And then Freddie on the left, soft. Quote, from this soil, my people came. Unquote. Those lyrics, so poignant. And symbols, the swell, yes. It's fun to listen to only one speaker or the other in this intro, to hear Freddie or Brian. Boom, everything in unison pounds in. White man, white man. The rhythm here, the syncopation in sets of three, the bass sinks, the guitar drones, and I've never been happier to hear John and Brian unison. The riffs that connect these sections. As with other races numbers before it, crisp, clear, strong, powerful, in your face. I'm talking about those drums. It's a great mix with Freddie and Brian in the background vocals. I can really hear Brian on those call-out repetitive vocals. There's a really, really atmospheric ambient white noise as the chorus settles, and Brian sings through his guitar on that riff. I'm digging this overdrive. Makes me want more. When the second verse bursts in, the heaviness dominates. Freddie drives the lead with grit, intensity, a sharpness that cuts like a knife. Roger's drumming. That comment someone said about the perfect drumming, this is it. All the riffs and rolls, the toms, the guitar riff, cyclic and repetitive, it still works wonders. Driving the message, the madness, the second chorus, more and more heavy and dark and dense. The sound is all around. The depth is tangible into the solo, but this isn't really your typical solo, at least not a Brian May solo. It's all guitar delay, not a singable, just as memorable though, and clever use of chord arrangements to prevent dissonance. Nicely done, Brian. The end of this section into the chorus again. It's one of my favorite gritty, gutsy guitar moments. Those slides, 
Roger's 16th note riff, Freddie screaming the thickness of those backing vocals, the guitars that shimmer and dance on all sides. John grinding away on low frequencies. Quote, take a look around every skin and bone, unquote. This high, this energy, Freddie on that high note and those ahs that fade into the song and into the noise. The more I listen to this deep riff, the more I, I enjoy it, immensely enjoy it. No more vocals, just surging guitars, flashing cymbals, a guitar delay that is totally satisfying. Then, Freddie again and Brian on guitar, that simple arrangement with the two of them, a cymbal swell or two, like the intro, Oh, yeah. Distant echoes out. A door slam drum attack. Out. We are done. This is a really well done number. I think regardless of how you feel about the the words, this song is kind of a standout piece in, in Queen's catalog. And on this album, it's the heaviest thing we've got. And it's one of the heaviest things we've had, even more than Liar. Or the prophet song, which has its moments of intensity. This is something that screams rock. And I think because of that, this was so great live. The guys always focused on those live performances more than anything else. And arguably, I think they enjoyed being on the road more than being in the studio most of the time. So I think that this really shined on a stage. And you should check it out. Go listen to one of those performances. There's an interesting variety of them. As I said, the guys performed this along with the Prophet song, which I think is very cool because those are both Brian's numbers. And a little bit of variation in there with some very cool vocal manipulations from Freddie that was sort of a bridge between the two songs. Very, very cool with that sort of vocoder effect and the delays and the echoes and really fascinating the way that he was able to, without any kind of a reference, layer those harmonies so they would bounce around the arena in perfect unison. What an experience, what a thrill that must have been to be there in the moment and hear it live because that's not something that people do very often. I mean, yeah, I haven't been to a lot of performances of any band, honestly. I, I, that might be surprising, but you guys, concerts cost a lot of money <laughs> and I was not lucky as either a teenager or even now, I've never had like this massive abundance of extra funds. So going to see people play is not something that I've been able to do on the regular, right? So I, I whenever I get the chance to do it, it's always a massive treat. But I would venture to say that not a lot of bands or people these days do stuff like that to that extent that's so experimental and different, unless they're one of those underground bands that's not as well known and, you know, they do some really creative stuff that's not at all mainstream. And that is the stuff that I really dig more than anything else because it's so surprising and it's so affecting and it takes you places that typical top 40 songs just can't take you. It's a treat to listen to. This song is a treat to experience. And I think, put aside any biased opinions, listen to it, take it in as a whole, 
and you might find that you enjoy it, at least in some way. It is a very touchy thing, of course. Brian's not afraid to go there, and I respect him and appreciate him because of that. But I hope that you enjoy this too. I hope there's something about it that hooks you and you go, wow, I really just, I love the energy here because that is something that I think unifies the fans, if nothing else, the pure, raw, raw energy of this number is something that is actually surprising coming from Queen, even though, yeah, of course, they're a rock and roll band. But it's also quite invigorating as well. So white man, go check it out. Enjoy it. Take in a live performance or two. And I'll be back next time with a very, very different number in contrast to this heaviness here. We're going to have nothing but delightful giddiness in the next track. And I can't wait to dig into it, to dive into that one. Keep yourselves alive. Enjoy your day. Stay happy. Stay healthy. All that jazz. You guys know what I'm talking about. Find yourself somebody to love or go grab that someone you love. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'll be back again next time.